Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GODIGITAL, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Julian Ribello of The Chosen Families Project. If you have not heard of The Chosen Families Project, you're missing out. It's on TikTok, and I believe you're on Instagram as well. Yes, I'm also on uh, Facebook, too, and I have my own personal website. Perfect, perfect. So, I mean, obviously, I stumbled across you by watching your TikToks, and Mm -hmm. they're really well done and very heartfelt. They're oftentimes emotional because of the content that you're sharing. So Julian, why don't you tell us a little something about yourself and then talk about the Chosen Families Project. And then I have some questions for you, of course. Okay. Sounds good. So hello, my name is Julian Ribello. So I, just to give you a little background uh, on me, my background, I just graduated from Monmouth University with a bachelor's in chemistry with a minor in graphic design. And I also just um, completed the certificate program at Boston University. And on the Chosen Families Project, I started it almost a, a few years ago now, first as more of like a kind of like a smaller project, and then it grew into something more with the intention of returning photographs, and now like documents and letters and other things back to loved ones. Yeah, I mean, you're a little different in the reunion sphere because you Mm -hmm. don't just return photographs. You Mm -hmm. return documents and letters that you find. So Mm -hmm. what was the first project that you did? And and I have a question about, can't possibly find out a lot about, like you have these things that you've bought. mm -hmm. Not all of them lead to a story. Oh, that's very true. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I often find ones that are kind of, you know, just like, you know, someone who went into the military or someone who kind of, you know, just lived their life normally. But, you know, what I love is that with, you know, you can turn it into a story almost. 
because everyone does have a story and that's kind of what the intention was and i kind of started out with finding photographs in like antique stores that was where it kind of started off from and then i started kind of expanding onto like online sellers and different places like that and i kind of eventually go to any family heirloom at the moment so what was the first one what started this all off the first one so let me see i mean the first one which a long time ago there was yeah it was a few years ago now and it's funny because i remember i would i was doing this when i was at college so it was almost like a smaller project mm. and and then it kind of just grew so let me just see what the first one was i'm gonna go onto my website because it was most likely a photograph and i know in the beginning of my project sometimes i wasn't able to return them so the first one i actually did was two wedding photographs from mount carmel pennsylvania so that i wrote about two years ago now and the thing with that one and it was interesting is on the fact of they don't have a story is they actually really didn't have any identification which was really interesting and but because of the amount of people and the one thing that drew me to them was their ethnic dress and the actual photographer themselves was the same and i actually within i think this year i actually was able to send it off to the mount carmel historical society nice historical societies don't always want it, want them exactly yeah but i've gotten pretty pretty lucky here and there i've gotten some organizations that i reach out to and that's more i wouldn't say last ditch but especially if they don't have any identification you know to me as long as they have a home where they're going to be preserved i also volunteered with a historical organization in my town for a while and i know how important that is to you know preserve the history mm-hmm. so why did you decide to branch out to documents and objects so I started, I think I started finding them while I was like looking for photographs. Cause a lot of places I'll go through photographs and I don't often see identification, but I would start finding a lot of documents with that maybe to a person might not be of any merit, but for me, I saw, you know, if I see birth information or like military letters, I think Another thing that drew me to them was I I kept on seeing some TikToks from some other people, and it was kind of inspiring me to not only just focus on photographs, but also see if I can apply the same principle essentially to letters and other written material. Yeah, there, and I think the the most recent one you did about the group of letters, I have to actually. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I can talk about that one. So that one, I actually, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Tell us about how you found it, what triggered your buying it, and Mm -hmm. where all that then. So it it started off with me, I was actually shopping online. And, you know, I look for, I've been looking for photograph albums, and then I stumbled upon this lot of military letters. I decided to take it on. And when I first saw them, I thought it was different letters. So I was thinking I could sell, like not sell them, but basically present them back to all their different relatives and it'd be like a working project. 
But then when I got received them, I realized they were all written to the same individual. So I started doing some research with the name that it was addressed to, and I was actually able to get in contact with his daughter. And then we were able to go back and forth. And now they're in the hands of their daughter and the rest of her siblings. But how did they end up online? I mean, did the daughter decide them? No. So we that was the one mystery that I still don't know. And from what it looks like, this seller was selling other lots of military letters. So I don't know if they how they acquired them, because it's always that's another thing that always is something to think about, even with all the stuff I return is kind of the provenance of it. You know, I oftentimes see when a relative dies or they leave no children and then, you know, oftentimes it gets passed around. So it's kind of hard to say. I it's it's still it's still an interesting thought to understand how, you know, all of them were together and how this individual had decided to post them. But I was glad I was able to find them in, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the mystery to me is the lost and found like, mm-hmm. okay, so you buy these things and then you return them to family, but are you returning them to the family that didn't really see their value at mm-hmm. the beginning and they're going to mm-hmm. boomerang back onto the market? It, it, it's always an interesting thing to, to think yeah, about. It's always something to think about that one thing is, you know, returning it to the right relative. I often, um, it's always, you know, I, I always have to, I always try to find the closest relative if possible. And then if not, I go for more distant relatives. And then usually after that, if I don't find any immediately, I try to find any historical organization or somewhere that will preserve them. Mm. And so what did the daughter say when you said, oh, I have these letters? It was uh, it was actually really interesting because they were they were surprised that I had them. But, you know, they were very welcoming to the idea of receiving them back. And we were able it was kind of it was very a very interesting journey because throughout the communication, we were able to because I was I write stories for all the stuff that I return. Yeah. So. I was going back and forth with her on some of the details to include. And, you know, I was able to learn more about her father's life through this journey. And she was actually, she said when she received them, even that she started to look through them and was kind of learning about his life. So it was kind of, it was in a really, every experience I have, you know, some more than others, I would say it's very incredible to see how much, you know, I can learn about someone especially if they passed recently mm. so you said some more than others so are there other projects you've worked on that really resonate mm-hmm. with you even today i i think the one that resonates me with the most and probably another reason i also started returning more document based stuff was it's funny because my aunt had given me this collection of military documents from an individual who served in the Air Force. And she had gotten it from a property. She saw this, all these historical documents and had saved them. And but she didn't know, obviously, at the time that she would, you know, that I would be the one returning it to relative, like running this project in general. And 
with it, I was actually able to talk with his grandson and actually hear about more about his life, which was just really incredible. You know, I could, there's so many different examples. I mean, sometimes, you know, I get, I, some people I send them to and I don't hear too much back, but other times, you know, most of the time I often get a very sincere thank you and they're very appreciative. And do you contact, contact them before you return the items? Yes, that's, you know, I always, cause we, I, for me, I have to figure out where to send it to and kind of, another thing is for me, I don't ask for too much money. You know, I'm doing this all out of my own pocket, spending a lot of my own man hours of it. But I just, only thing I ask is just reasonable conference, uh, compensation for the shipping and the actual piece itself. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. And most, and everyone I've worked with has been so kind and I, cause I have to basically establish where they're going to be going to first and then that'll be, you know, and then it eventually gets sent out to them. Mm, interesting. And you're a genealogist. Yes. So you went to school for chemistry and graphic mm-hmm. design. So mm-hmm. when did you first become interested in genealogy? So I actually, this has almost been, it's about eight years now. Um, I started when I was in my early teenage, as an early teenager, I found a ring that had my initials on it. And it started this whole conversation because my mom was like, oh, this belonged to your great grandfather. And I was like, oh, really? So then I kind of went down that rabbit hole and then I started falling in love with it. And then eventually I fell in love with it so much that around 2019, I had started my own small and then decided in college to figure out how to integrate it professionally. At first, it was more of a hobby. It was something that I really enjoyed. But now it's turning as you know, my education goes on with it. It's something that I really want to incorporate into my professional life. And hopefully my goal is to get myself into the field of forensic genetic genealogy. Ah, forensic genetic. Yeah, that's the, that's the big one. And Mm -hmm. what do you see for the future of the Chosen Families Project? What I'm hoping is just to kind of just expand the audience and, you know, just continue what I'm, what I've been doing. I feel like lately I've been on a really progressive trajectory, especially with different social media strategies that I've been employing. So like how you found me on TikTok. Yeah. Been trying trying more interactive formats because my goal really is to kind of present genealogy in a way for, you know, my generation Mm. to kind of to grasp and something to kind of fall in love with. Because I feel like, you know, I see a lot of like an older audience with genealogy but i want to be able to convey that you know how much it matters in terms of that aspect and you know just kind of carry on the message that really anyone has a family whether you know they're biological or their chosen family yeah uh, so of all of these items that you buy either mm-hmm. i mean i've i've known people that have done this for years Everybody has a mm-hmm. pile of stuff that they can't return. How big I, I currently, I, I have a big one. Yeah. It's, I think the thing is in the moment I buy certain things and then, you know, I think I can research them out, but oftentimes the relatives that I contact don't reach out back. That's, and that's another thing I get, you know, sometimes I've been getting lucky recently, but 
there's been times where I haven't gotten a message, you know, I'll send them a message out. I have so many ongoing projects that I've done where even ones on um, my website that I've researched out, contacted relatives and some of them still haven't, I still haven't been able to locate them. Yeah. But yeah, for I mean, me, I, I think, yeah, I think the goal for me um, as a genealogist is to make sure their stories are researched properly as well. So even if, you know, they don't necessarily get home to a relative, if someone does end up researching them, they can see that. Yeah. And I just want to thank you for the realistic take on the photo reunion document reunion. There's a woman in England that I had on the podcast a couple of times, Charlotte Simtain. You might want to listen to her episodes. She collects only wedding photos. And then she's had a show on the BBC four that you can actually listen to with a reporter and the material that they've been able to find on some of these wedding images. I mean, it's dramatic. That's incredible. It's dramatic, but she talks very realistically as well about not Mm -hmm. every single one is a home run. Exactly. I've been doing a lot more of the success stories, but there's also in the background, there's always those that kind of no one just kind of wants, unfortunately, in the current state. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Julian Ribello, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having me on here. And I'll keep watching The Chosen Family Project because I really love it. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.